Big Finish for the love of stories. You're listening to the Big Finish podcast, release date Sunday, 11th of June, 2023. Go to the ends of the universe. Only there can we find stability. The wonderful calm before creation's final storm. Where can a Time Lord find peace? I've always thought it would be where there's no time left. I was, after all, once known as the traveller from beyond time, was I not? Well, good day to you. I'm Big Finish sound designer Ian Meadows, not Benji Clifford, as you might have realised. Uh, he refuses to be anybody else except Nick Briggs. What? This is Big Finish. Audiobooks, audio drama, and this podcast, and all for the love of stories. And it's a big welcome back to you, Ian. Thank you. Once again. Thank you. Bravely stepping onto the breach I know. as Benji Clifford takes a well earned break. When do I get my break? Hey? Yes, when? Never? Mm. Anyway, I'm not complaining. Seriously, (laughs) I'm I'm not. Anyway, in a few moments, just to keep all our listeners cool and calm during this hot weather, UK listeners, that is, I'll be saying a few words about Big Finish CD releases. Well, after that, it'll be time for the Good Review Guide, known to some as the Good Review Guy. Reviewing the reviews of Torchwood, Infidel Places, featuring Queen Victoria, Cambridge and Demons on the Loose. Do you know I think I did the uh, the behind-the-scene extras for that? I bet you did. Mm. Mm. Very good it was, too. Your Majesty, I am Sir James Montesquieu, Vice-Chancellor of the University of Cambridge. Good gracious. Then we go behind the scenes with the latest instalment of our epic Big Finish Doctor Who 60th anniversary release, Once and Future, and this time it's The Artist at the End of Time by James Goss, featuring, 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 I've typed it twice, it was so good, uh, Peter <laughs> Davison, Georgia Tennant and Colin Baker, and that's out this Wednesday, the 14th of June. Hello, my name's Peter Davison, I play the fifth Doctor. And then, time for listeners' emails sent to podcast at bigfinish.com. Nick and I will be sifting through your latest electronic communications. I may read one in the style of Terry Wogan. (laughs) And they will be from our loyal listeners, which is you, by the way. In our also available segment this week, we'll be popping back a week just to give you a short drama tease from Doctor Who The Lost Stories with that dramatisation of what eventually was rewritten into the classic Tom Baker story The Ark in Space by Robert Holmes. The Ark! by John Lucarotti, adapted by Johnny Morris, already going down a storm. What's in those bags, Doctor? Oh, just the entire human race, Sarah. And then, the randomoid Selectatron will once again be delivering a random release with a 25% discount, beautifully attached to it by Big Finish content manager Jackie Emery. Hmm? As always, a complete mystery to us, but uh, (laughs) in the future, we will know. But now... With some fiendish editing, Nick gives us a little flash forward for events coming up in the podcast. Joe! And finally, as always, we round off the podcast with a free 15-minute drama tease. And this week it is, of course, The Artist at the End of Time by James Goss. The latest exciting instalment in our epic 60th anniversary Doctor Who story, Once and Future! The Creeping Dust Bowl is not for sale. I'm going to have to ask you to leave. Fine. It's just an old bowl. I'm not sure I need it now. 
Guards! He's calling for the guards. And that means we're on to something. I'm so pleased. Well, Ian, you've yes. arrived on a serious day. Oh, <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay, well, I've got quite a bit to say here. It's Here's a reminder of the situation with Big Finish and CD releases. Things have changed. And I know it's frustrating for some of our most loyal customers who've been with us for the longest time. Those of you who started with us when no one even knew what a digital download was. Firstly, two big facts. One, we are operating a digital first policy at Big Finish. Mm. We've been doing this since during the pandemic. We announced it then and we continue to mention it in our news stories, press releases, social media, that kind of thing. Two, over 70% of our listeners listen to Big Finish as digital download and don't buy the CDs. That means that CD sales are now less than 30% of our total sales and that figure is plummeting as we speak. No exaggeration. The reason for the digital first policy was that during the pandemic and the lockdowns, CD production almost ground to a halt. In fact, it pretty much did. People couldn't go to work to press the CDs, to transport the CDs, to package the CDs and to post the CDs. So we released primarily on download, mostly keeping to our pre-planned release schedule with a promise that CDs would follow, but we knew not when. When all those factors slowing down and preventing CD delivery melted away, we found that other factors had moved into hamper CD production. As a result of the pandemic and other huge economic factors, including the UK's exit from the European Union, I know you'll all fall asleep if I go into details there, CD production had become massively more expensive, and I mean massively, and delivery was much, much, much slower. For the same reasons, transportation of goods had likewise become a lot more costly and slower. And to top it all, the raw materials to make CDs have become far rarer, far less easy to transport and therefore far more expensive. So the big takeaway for you here is that, as I said, things have changed. We can no longer guarantee that CDs will be released at the same time as digital downloads. And I know that for those of you who only listen to the CDs, this is incredibly frustrating. And it might perhaps feel like that just because you're in a very small minority, we're somehow deliberately singling you out for bad treatment. That's not our intention. And we'd do almost anything to make sure you got your CDs on the release date, if we could. Almost anything. Because the thing is, I bet some of you right now are saying out loud, why can't you just get all your productions finished earlier so that they can get to the CD pressing plants much earlier and be manufactured in time for the release date? Or words to that effect. The answer is that in some cases we are managing that. But the trouble is that our release schedule has been built on established lead times. The crucial time being the amount of time between the mastering and completion of an audio production and the date on which it can be actually pressed as a CD, then delivered to our fantastic warehouse sales team to send out to you. The fact that this lead time has massively increased now means that the only way we could realistically catch up is to stop releasing anything for several months and wait until there was enough time for the CDs to be pressed for the release dates. Now, I hope you can see that for all sorts of reasons, that's not really viable. If we're not selling anything new for months, how does a company continue to function? And perhaps more importantly for you, if we're not selling anything new for months, you're going to be left without all those great audio adventures you've come to expect from us. So we took the decision that we take measures to improve the speed of turnaround of our productions as much as we could, while not compromising the previously announced release dates, 
releasing digital downloads first. Bit by bit, we're clawing back time, but it's a slow, frustrating process. Sometimes it feels like three steps forward, two steps back, or worse. And as I sit here talking to you now, going on and on and on and on, I can't name a date when all our CDs will once again be released at the same time as the digital downloads. I can't even guarantee that day will ever come. All I can say to you is that we're all trying our best to achieve this. And there's not a day goes by when we're not trying to find ways to speed things up. So be in no doubt. This is me apologising to all of you who are finding this state of affairs frustrating and upsetting. We do understand and we are trying our best. There, that, that was a landslide of stuff, wasn't it? Any thoughts on that, Ian? Well, I think it's always... It's always difficult when you're you're stepping into the future and people like holding on to things like physical release. And I was one of those people. Uh, yeah, yeah. There, there was a time when I was just like into nothing but CDs. But actually, uh, when the pandemic came along, and it's a weird, it's such a weird time in history. We'll all look back on that and think crazy. But you know, one of the most interesting things about it is that some companies adapted and and they they continued to thrive. Big Finish being one of those. Mm. And actually, I thought. Oh wow! Actually, yeah, I get the download, and I've I've got with the Big Finish app, which is wonderful. I can have loads of stuff on my phone. I was running out of space. CDs are heavy; they attract dust and yes. what have you. And I know that some people absolutely love them, but you know, I got to say, for me, I was kind of glad to be rid of the clutter. And and I love the fact that I have so much on my phone via the app, and I've still got my account there. Um, and I think more of us, we are on the move more, you know, so if you're on the commute, you can just load something onto your phone, you listen yeah, to it. Yeah. That's brilliant, you know, and we can Bluetooth it into our cars where you can't really do that with CDs. You have a big bulky CD player and stuff like that, you know. That's all I've so, got in my car, but my car's very old. Yeah, wow. <laughs> yeah, but no, you're doing the perfect advert for, for downloads. Thank you very much. I was well, reading no, I from did. a script, but you're just doing it off the top of your off head. The, off the top of my head. You win. Well, <laughs> yeah, I, no, I just think I think the future is a great it's, it's a great place, and and you got to think of it like streaming. I mean, like how many times do people now go, oh, blockbusters? That was great, wasn't it? Yeah. You just don't, you know, because you, who wants to go and pick up a DVD and then, you or know, indeed, take a video? It home, I remember going to yeah. Blockbusters for videos. Yeah, yeah, and wasn't that annoying when somebody hadn't rewound it? Yes. And you're like, well, that's just a massive <laughs> thing. That's not courteous at all, is it? It was part of the rules as well, wasn't it? I know. Course, yeah. didn't, they, didn't they financially uh, penalise you for not rewinding well, or something? I don't know about that. I mean, I think they give you a good kicking <laughs> round by the bins afterwards if, if they found out it was you. Yes, that was official Blockbusters policy, wasn't it? Yeah, that, yes, you heard yeah. it here first, folks. It's yeah. uh, uh, but, you know, it's now, I mean, streaming, I mean, I love it, right? I, I've got a friend who's a bit of a Luddite and he came over once and he went, oh, I'm really, uh, I'd really like to see whatever it was. And I said, all oh, right. And so I, I looked it up and, and there it was on the streaming service. Uh, and I think we, we rented it for, you know, cheapest chips. And, um, and he said, that's amazing. It's like, it's like the scales have been removed from his eyes. And, yeah. and that's how I, I see it, really. I mean, CDs were lovely, but they are very much of their time. And also, right, here's another thing, right? Have you tried to buy a CD player? No. No, I, I've are. got an ongoing request out to uh, Big Finish listeners to tell us if they've got CD players. You know, most of them yeah. are not saying they have. <laughs> well, this is the thing. Um, if you're trying to buy a CD player, A, they're really expensive now. 
B, when they break down, yeah, it's the old, oh, can't get the parts, mate. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so, you know, I they think... they speak in, like that, don't they? Yeah, they do all the time. <laughs> if, I mean, if, and, and it's one of the, the unwritten rules that if you go... If I went into a job repairing stuff, I'd have to talk like this and go, mate... Uh, <laughs> I just can't do it. I ain't got a If parts. ever I've repaired anything, I start talking like that. Yeah, well, it's <laughs> just one of those things, isn't it? I mean, it comes with the territory. So, uh, yeah, folks, t- yeah. You know, ditch the CD, embrace the download. I mean, I would say the CDs are still available. They're just taking time to get to, get yeah. to you. And yeah. that is frustrating. And I know a number of people are really frustrated. And I... I you know, I, I took time to write to one of them personally this week because they were contacting the sales office. And, you know, I hope that my words help. I'm Ultimately, they won't because it's the opposite of what, you know, yeah, those people yeah, want. Yeah. I just want to say, you know, I do understand the frustration and we're not deliberately doing it to frustrate you or because we have a bad opinion of you. You know, yeah. it's your right yeah. to have a CD if you've bought one. We just can't guarantee when it's going to yeah. arrive because of factors. This is the key thing. Factors be completely beyond our control yeah we are at the mercy of a a global market that is behaving in a strange way and you know with these things the the problem is of course that it always gets worse not better you know if you're clinging on to that older technology i mean there might be a day in the future where where vinyl made a comeback didn't it and cassettes are making a comeback so there might be a day in the future when cds become the rigueur again but until that point But, I mean, vinyl hasn't become that. And vinyl, you know, it's a sort of... um, uh, Status purchase. Do you think think. so? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I bought it on vinyl, don't you know? And you think, oh, yeah, gatefold sleeve, is it? Well, reproduction, but, you know, I'm going to frame it and never play it. It's big and in the way and gets Mm. dusty and starts crackling, you know. I mean, yeah, Yeah. there is something gorgeous about it. I love love old steam engines, but good grief, (laughs) the, the amount of gunk they pump out into the air is appalling but I love them and I will you know probably go on one this summer because I love that sort of especially Benji said if he pops over we're going to go to the local um, steam steam line anyway and now listen slightly less seriously I just wanted to mention Tony Whitmore's email about trampolines have you ever met Tony Whitmore? I don't think I have no he does photographs for us and he's a delightful human being Um, and um and he's going to be helping our producers with uh, uh, photography, actually, because uh, people uh, don't like some of the photographs we've been taking in the big finished <laughs> car park. Um, so, um, uh, Tony uh, wrote to me yesterday. I hope he doesn't mind me saying this, but he won't hear about this for a year because he wrote to me about something I'd said on the podcast a year ago, which he'd only just caught up with, which is when Steph and I, my wife and I, were making a putting together a trampoline for my son mm. in the garden, right? Um, it was to do with how the sp- there's the sort of trampoline bit you bounce on yeah, and then there's the frame round the outside and between the two things is a really heavy duty spring, loads of That's springs right. yeah, all yeah, the yeah, way yeah. round yeah. and there's something about whether you should pull the spring to the frame or the frame to the spring and which way, I can't remember which way but anyway, Steph and I spent ages doing it the wrong way and it was killing us we could do it but we were pulling from the wrong end and but and then for the last few springs we suddenly thought hold on what if we oh it's really easy isn't it <laughs> we were killing ourselves we were going purple with straight and and tony just wrote to me and said i just want you to know that we felt good when we heard this because 
that's what we did. We did exactly yeah, the yeah. same thing. Well, so I, I mean, think there should be a society, shouldn't there, for the trampoline sufferers who well, all, they, <laughs> because the instructions don't tell you which way around to do it. They just say attach, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's just somebody having a laugh, isn't it? That's a designer's <laughs> laugh. But I mean, you'll be surprised how easy it is to pull from the wrong way. So, you yeah, know, you're not alone there. <laughs> I don't know what you mean by that, Ian, but I think we'll just leave it dead in the water. (laughs) Or that'll end up on the cutting room floor. (laughs) Well then, it is time for the Good Review Guide, finding the latest positive comments about Big Finish Productions to help recommend them for you, to you, from us. (laughs) And as promised, this week we're looking at Torchwood Infidel Places. From Big Finish Productions. Torchwood, Infidel Places. Your Majesty, I am Sir James Montesquieu, Vice Chancellor of the University of Cambridge. Good gracious, whatever happened here? Looks like fire damage. A very small fire, ma'am, nothing to worry about. These are scorch marks. The brick is burned through. Save you? From what? Demons, ma'am. Demons? It would appear that demons are coming. Why do men hate women so, Your Majesty? Because we remind them of their mothers, Miss Tappy. Dons are dropping dead and colleges combusting. It must be terribly hard being ambitious when your Vice-Chancellor may be a warlock. Just go to bigfinish.com and type in Infidel into the search pane at the top to find this one. Well, first up, whoreview.com. Overall, this is a... (laughs) We have an alert every time someone says overall. It's the overall alert. Do that again, because I I might actually... That's a great klaxon. I was looking for one of those, so uh, <laughs> I was actually say, Nick, send us your klaxon. Uh, overall... That'd be, sorry, Sintra, that would be hilarious, wouldn't it? In the middle of a really great production with your great sound design, suddenly the submarine dives and it's just me going... <laughs> going mm, that, that sounds like Nick Briggs doing that. Yeah, but, you know, I mean, if, if somebody's got a power like that, and you clearly have... You know, to be able to mimic klaxons, then you should be making use of that, shouldn't you, really? Yeah, well, uh, thanks. Was it Holly <laughs> Holly in uh, Red Dwarf? She, she, do you remember that bit where she was, an alarm goes off and she says, this is not a drill, and then plays the sound of a drill and says, that's a drill. <laughs> and then she goes, and then the, the alarm doesn't work. And so she just goes, a wooga, a wooga. Ah, <laughs> uh, the old ones are the best. <laughs> <laughs> See? I mean, you send all those to me and uh, you never know. <laughs> Whoreview.com says, overall, this is a very strong debut from McCormick. And from the behind the scenes, it's clear that she researched the era well. Lisa Bauman, when directing, always gets brilliant performances. And this release is no exception for Out of Five. Shouldn't I have think, been five, I it think. Should have been. I agree. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Say, but Who Review. And we think it might be George Eliot who does the reviews for Who Review, because he wrote to us and mentioned something about Who Review, because there's no person's name attached mm. to the review. Mm. Is it George Eliot? I don't know. Well, didn't uh, they write a very good book back in the 1700s? Well, that's... I was going to say, it can't be that one, can it? No. Um, well. 
Now, warpedfactor.com. Have you heard our mention of this gentleman? Uh, I don't think I have. Right, I can't believe that everyone's groaning now who's listening to this, who's heard the podcast before. Tony Filer. There's Bill Filer in Claws oh, of Axos, and we think yes. that Tony Filer is related to him, even though he's a fictional character, not not Tony, Bill. And also Filer is spelt differently. But um, <laughs> so now I explain it like that, I clearly need to go and have a lie down. Uh, <laughs> Tony, hiya, Tony. Are you doing your podcast yet? I haven't heard it. Send me a link to your podcast if you're doing it. And I can't even remember what it's called now. Is it something like Filed Down? No, it was a really good name. I was the Phylite Zone. That's why he called oh, it. Very anyway, good. I, I hope it's happened. Uh, Sir James may at first seem to male listeners at least like a misogynist, the like of which could surely not be relevant to us today. But what Una McCormack has done in infidel places is weave a spooky science story that's in the best traditions of tortured and placed it in a real moment in British academic history while revealing the depth of misogyny that both then and in the late... 1800s and crucially right here now in the 2020s still runs like blood through the heart of not only academic life but our patriarchal society as a whole they are there's uh, tony making a very serious point there thank yeah, you tony well, yeah now yeah, the weather and, and I, I i remember thinking exactly those thoughts as i was doing the behind the uh, the scenes uh, yeah and thinking mm, god love the queen though right and now <laughs> Sounding a bit like Wogan, sci-fi bulletin.com. Alistair Stewart, the newsreader? Anyway, expertly written and played, it's a remarkable story, debuted with wit and subtlety by Lisa Bowman, and expertly sound designed by Richard Fox. The entire range is very good, but this is something exceptional, and if you start anywhere, it should be here, in the infidel places, 10 out of 10. Yeah, It's the jackpot there. Alistair's very nice, I think. Uh, I don't think it's the newsreader. In fact, I know it isn't. <laughs> well, that's, uh, that's a shame because I could see him writing that in the style of expertly written and played. It's a remarkable, you know. Yeah, exactly. Just as if, yeah, exactly. Um, on Twitter, I don't know whether... Do you think anyone ever remembers Alistair Stewart who used to do the London... He did do national news on ITV, didn't he? ITV? Yeah, I think Spitting Image really, really took him to the to the nth degree in caricature didn't they so uh, well <clears throat> well done uh, on Twitter at uh, Matthew Vernon 3 kill me they wouldn't dare there was a rude word where I made that funny noise have thoroughly enjoyed Torchwood Infidel Places by at Una McCormack who's the yeah. writer yeah uh, Davy A, 1983. I've just listened to Torchwood Infidel Places and it was amazing. A great audio release from Big Finish. I heartily agree. Yeah. And I just wanted to mention that a lovely tweet from the author herself. Not a review, but worth mentioning. Uh, at Una McCormack, she says, I should be clearer about why you should hear Infidel Places. One, Queen Victoria in charge of hashtag Torchwood. Get Two... Visits hashtag Cambridge on the eve of a vote to admit women to degrees. Mm. Three, but there are demons on the loose. Four, mm. and dons spontaneously combusting. Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> yeah, and you have to love a bit of that. Love a yeah. spontaneous combustion, especially when it's a don who also happens to be a... I was going to make a, a dom and dick joke there, but like in the bungalow. But I'm thinking better of it now. Thank goodness. Thank goodness we averted that. <clears throat> I, I became quite obsessed with spontaneous combustion 
in my, really? in my 20s. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why was this? Was this a worry or something? It was, yeah. I kind of felt I could feel it coming on. <laughs> but maybe that was just the beer. Um, yeah. I, but yeah, I wrote a, an audio drama that I never finished. I did about four episodes of it. It was called Port in the Storm, and it was about people spontaneously combusting. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't Doctor Who audio drama. And it never got released anywhere. There you go. Really? That's a surprise. I think it exists on a cassette somewhere. Anyway, next week we take a look at Doctor Who The Companion Chronicles, The Second Doctor, Volume 3, and Thunderbirds Operation Asteroids 5. Still to come on the podcast, listeners' emails. Send them to podcast at bigfinish.com. And we'll be giving you a drama tease of the art. Looking forward to that. Starring Tom Baker, plus the Randomoid Selectatron, giving you a 25% discount on a randomly selected Big Finish release. Rather nice. Oh, but first, let's go behind the scenes with Doctor Who Once and Future, The Artist at the End of Time by James Goss. Hello, I'm Ken Bentley, and I am the director of Once and Future, Episode 2, the artist at the end of time. The artist is unknown. Only because you've never bothered looking. Because, and oh. here's the thing, that symbol can also be seen... Painted in the sky behind the resting king of Centriel. Carved into the last crystal of Metapelis. Held in the hands of the statue of the final Mornoid. Carved into the only remaining tree of the endless forest. The endless forest? Oh, I missed that one. Careless. The Doctor's discovered the final gallery, which is full of artworks depicting the final moments of planets throughout time and space and um, as the Doctor does decides to uh, try to get to the bottom of it and, and prevent any more planets from dying it's quite a nice idea by James James Goss the writer in that we have a rather macabre habit of, of valuing art based on whether an artist is is um, alive or sadly no longer with us and um, the, the longer an artist has been dead for normally the greater the value of their work James has slightly um, sort of um, not really spun that on its head but found another angle on that which is um, the value of art is based on what it depicts and its depiction of something that no longer exists and therefore because that the, the thing it depicts no longer exists it becomes a valuable item because of that which is quite a neat idea really Hello my name's Peter Davison I play the Fifth Doctor And I'm Georgia Tennant and I play Jenny Time machine. Come on. You can't really take a TARDIS back to an extinction event. It would be reckless. What we do instead is we plot forwards. But that's insanely difficult. Insanely difficult. difficult. Yes, I like insanely difficult. I think it's nice. Now I've done two seasons of Jenny, I feel a bit more like I've earned my spot. Whereas before it always felt a bit like, oh, visiting my sort of dad's world. In every possible meaning of that. I suppose it's a bit like the process of growing up in real life, but also growing up within that world. It's interesting because, though, for me, because, you know, the, I I'm not sure about any other uh, uh, series with um, David or with uh, um, any of the other mo modern doctors. But, you know, the, the my doctor, classic doctor stories, when I do them, are significantly different in style than my experience of doing them as your stories. Mm. And it's sometimes you have to jumpstart yourself into it um they're 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 just a different style of writing and so i feel like i'm stepping into a different world rather than georgia coming into my world of classic fifth doctor stories that probably makes you slightly more versatile than they 
No, it makes me more inadequate because uh, I have to kickstart myself into it, I think. I'm James Goss and I wrote The Artist at the End of Time. The chemistry between the lead characters in my story is interesting because there's such a tangle because you have to remember that Peter Davison and Georgia Tennant are different from Jenny and the Fifth Doctor and that gets very confusing sometimes because they're very, very different characters but you also sort of have this idea because you're just sort of aware of, uh, in many ways, both their their, um, social media presences and so there is a real delight because you have the cautious back-footed Fifth Doctor who is old before his time and then you have Jenny, who in many ways is old before her time, but in a very different way. Just go to bigfinish.com and type artist at the end of time or once in future into the search pane at the top to find that one released this coming Wednesday, 14th of June. And don't forget, you can hear a free 15-minute drama tease from The Artist at the End of Time, starring Peter Davison, Georgia Tennant and Colin Baker at the end of this podcast, in case you've forgotten, all right? I'm just reminding you, just in case you got lost in the podcast and don't know where you are. Hello! We're here. We're here. OK. Meanwhile, it's time for... Listener's emails. All you have to do to be in with chance to have your email being read out on the Big Finish podcast is email us, podcast at bigfinish.com. Simple as that. So, first up. Hi, Nick and Benji. Hi Hi there. Um. I will be Benji for the purposes of this email. (laughs) Sorry, uh, this is from um, Joshua Duffy. Sorry I haven't emailed in a while, as I've been busy with work and other things, but I'm back with another email. Hooray! Uh, You might remember back in November last year, I emailed asking whether the Eighth Doctor will encounter Cybermen again at some point. Thankfully, my wish came true with November's set audacity. I want to say thank you, Nick and Benji. Thank you. For making it... uh, Was that your Benji voice? That is my Benji voice, yeah. For making it again... He sounded like Blakey from On the Bus. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, love you. (laughs) Um, Thank you for making it again, and I can happily say a lot of fans are excited to hear the Eighth Doctor meet the Cybermen again. Uh, I also noticed we now have almost every version of the Cybermen on covers, as we finally got to the Cybermen from the Wheel in Space, Revenge of the Cybermen, Silver Nemesis, and the David Tennant era on the covers, which just leaves the Jodie Whittaker era Cybermen left. Hopefully we'll see them on a cover soon, and it'll be very satisfying when that day comes says Joshua. Mm, well, it, I suppose it will be. Yes, there's that, that, that isn't imminent, I would add. <clears throat> right, so not, not so satisfying then. No, not at the moment. Sorry, Joshua. But, well, as uh, I think it was uh, Douglas Adams who put that wonderful line in Destiny of the Daleks where the Doctor says, yeah. oh no, it was Davros, sorry. I've got my episodes mixed up. It was Davros <laughs> when yeah. he's facing Peter Davison and he says it was just but a pleasure deferred. Uh, so that's what it is, that's you see. What it is, yes, yes. Yeah. Oh, so that that would be um, uh, resurrection of the Daleks. Yes. What did I say? No, 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 no it wasn't destiny. destiny. Yeah, yeah it yeah. was resurrection. You're quite right. Yes. 
Next up, D.P. Savinsky writes in with reverence for life in BF. Dear Nick and Benji, sorry, Ian, it's very embarrassing. Uh, I've enjoyed your recent podcast, including the one with Trevor, Trevor, Trevor Trelaw, sorry, Brian, in which you thoughtfully discuss perspectives on war films. I was reminded of those discussions today when I was reading Simone Viles' letter to George Bananas, who, where she recounts some of the brutalities she witnessed during her participation in the Spanish Civil War. Uh, much is made of the entertainment value and artistic value of big finished productions, rightly so, but it is also worth mentioning the moral value. The Doctor for 60 years has been consistent in his reverence for life. He seeks to preserve it whenever possible. It's the meaning behind his name. I just gave a re-listen to The Fifth Doctor's uh, Lost Resort. Uh, there is an important scene where his companions discuss possible lethal options before them and the Doctor refuses to take steps to kill the murderous, detestable Viscount even though it means saving himself and his companions. He just wouldn't. Big Finish just released Genesis of Terror and in doing so we recalibrate the Genesis of the Daleks. That story remains so memorable in part because of its ending where the Doctor refuses to commit the genocide he was conscripted by the Time Lords to commit. He chooses life, even Dalek life, over mass killing, which many would have found justified. In the recent War Doctor Begins box sets, I love the latest release, Jonathan Carley's Doctor finds countless ways to preserve life even in war. He is constantly working to rein in the worst aspects of the combatants on both sides of the conflict. Even as he submits to being a soldier, he remains a moral force. I think this is the point of the entire brilliant War Doctor Begins series. I think you're right. Uh, my son grew up listening with me to Big Finish Productions, and I have no doubt of the positive moral influence these stories have had on him. The stories we expose our children to are important. This is the type of fiction to which our children should be listening. The superhero genre no longer offers this life-affirming message. It used to. But look at the current products on some of the TV streaming services where powerful beings take life casually. The Doctor for 60 years has been the man who never would. Thanks for keeping this moral tradition alive and well in Big Finish. D.P. Savinsky. That's a mm. nice email, isn't it? It is. Quite thought-provoking. And um, it's interesting, actually. Um, it Alison McLean, who did uh, uh, the Where Eagles Dare, which mm. is it's one of my favourite war films. Mm. And you feel slightly guilty watching it because, you know, Clint Eastwood does some terrible things in that, that movie. Yes. But he was... Um, McLean was so appalled by that that actually when he wrote the novelisation, which I've also read, no one gets killed in that. Really? Both sides refused to take each other's I lives. I thought it, so. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't a film version of a book. It was no, a film it, it, he wrote, well, and then he it, did a book yeah, of the and film, and then he did the, the book of it. Yeah. As far as as far as I know, because he he was so appalled by what he saw on screen. Mm. I mean, there's that moment where Eastwood is standing at the top of the stairs. You know, the Germans are coming up, and then you know. But he's got two <laughs> machine guns in his hand, yeah, isn't he? He's yeah, massacring uh, an entire division of yeah, soldiers, uh, which is, uh, I mean, it, it beggars belief that none of the Germans can actually get an accurate shot at him. Yeah, especially since it's Clint Eastwood. You think they think hey, it's Clint Eastwood? I, <laughs> he can't be a German. So, you know, you've got, but yeah, it's it, it's a good point, isn't it? That you know, you've got to. Uh, you got to take these things when you watch them on screen with a pinch of salt, but there is always that that kind of moral message. Anyway, yes. what am I talking but, about? But there's a whole there's a whole thing issue here, which obviously we won't go into. But you know, when you objectify people, um, and and you yeah, uh, 
so seeing them die is mm. okay. You see a lot of examples. Oh, I am going into it. A lot of examples in old television, in 60s, 50s, 60s and 70s television, when you wonder why a particular character in, say, an, a, a British drama was represented as not British. And it's because yeah. something terrible happens to them. Because yeah. the makers of the program unconsciously think, well, it's not so shocking that a foreigner dies, which is appalling, yeah. of course. Yeah. Um, but that's why they did it, you know. And quite often, you know, uh, uh, women portrayed as, as having uh, extramarital affairs in 1950s and 60s drama, they are usually French or German. Because it's, it's okay for an, in inverted commas, brace yourselves, folks, an exotic foreigner to behave in a morally questionable way. But it would be yeah. completely unacceptable for an English woman to behave like that. And it, all this is massive objectification of the unlike, isn't it? He said, oh dear, I'm sounding so um, straight down the line here, aren't I? Anyway, uh, let's go to lighter uh, moments, shall we? Yes. With Aaron J. Climas, who's uh, a good old friend of Big Finish. He yes. says, uh, yeah, oh, are you on. doing this one? No, you do this one. Uh, this go is on. hello, pod beans. Oh no, it's no, it's you. Sorry, it's you. Sorry. No, I don't. Well, no, no. He says, I got carried away. <laughs> hello, pod beans. Hi there. I'm writing to respond to a number of pressing big Finnish podcast questions. Oh, yes. Oh well, this ties into what we were talking about it earlier. Is. Yes, I have a CD player. I listen to my big Finnish CDs on it. If a story is released as a download, I don't tend to re-listen to it because I peruse my wall of CDs to choose what to listen to. Mm-hmm. My two-year-old loves them and refers to all CDs as Doc Who's. <laughs> have you got the latest Doc Who of, and then insert name of band, yeah. Suede? <laughs> Well, I suppose you could go, I mean, uh, and perusing them makes you feel slightly like Professor Yaffle, doesn't it? <laughs> this one, I think. Um, keep the behind-the-scenes noise. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Didn't we have a discussion that uh, about that one saying, is it yeah. time for a change? Oh, God. Yeah. Endlessly, yeah. I think we're keeping yeah. it for now. Yeah, that's good. Or maybe you should just go, zoom, or something. Or we could have your klaxon. <laughs> In between every interview. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm sure that would be fine. Because that won't get tired at all, will it? I could do that. We could tell producers when they interview actors that when they feel they've had enough of their answer, just go... <laughs> just imagine that, you know, getting Paul McGann to do a lovely sensitive interview about a really, you know, morally interesting script. And he's saying, well, the thing... He's like, what? <laughs> just be so rude, wouldn't it? Yeah. Well, That's you true. know, sometimes, though, uh, you have to kind of live with the rudeness because it's quite funny. But anyway, <laughs> uh, three, I have found a number of releases of quite awkward level changes between the main productions, credit readings and extras. Okay. Mm, okay. Name them. Uh, yeah. Well, I could go into a long explanation as a sound designer well, as to why that might be the case. <laughs> well, I mean, sometimes it is the case that things are recorded at, uh, at, at, at different levels in the studio. And if you're trying to bring them up to the same level, sometimes you are introducing extraneous sounds that perhaps you don't want. It depends on the quality of the recording as well, doesn't it? Mm. And then with the mastering technique, sometimes, you know, even the best mastering will still have level variances in it. It's just... It just relates to the way that things were done at source, I think. And then it comes down to people's hearing tolerances as well, doesn't it? That's true. And you have to kind of... Well, that's an interesting point as well, because you've got to go for... You've got to go for that that middle ground that's going to suit everybody. 
Anyway, number four in this list of points that he sends to us. Uh, you only need to tell us what's coming up during the podcast once. Um, you don't need to keep telling me what's coming up. Um, I'm listening to you. You've told us we know. Oh, well, consider yourself told. Yeah, I love that. Tell me what's coming up after the thing I'm... Li- well, you know, as I explained earlier, Aaron, I, you know... Well, first of all, I throw someone else under the bus. When Steve Berry came in as our head of marketing, he listened to the podcast. He said, right, what you need to do, he said, after everything you've done, tell people what's coming up later so they've got a reason to keep listening. Also, always tell people how they can get hold of something. Tell them how they can go to the site. I said, there's no point mentioning things and not saying how you can get hold of it. And he said, just keep people informed of what's going on. They may have forgotten or they may have skipped through the podcast. They may not know what they are. I mean, the thing is, Aaron, you know the podcast inside out and you know what you're going to be getting. It's not a surprise to you. But for some people, it will be the first time they've ever listened. And they might think, what's all this chatter? So every now and again, I think think it works to just remind people what's coming up. And I'm quite used to it because in my other life, as a commercial radio disc jockey, <laughs> we're always uh, throwing ahead, you know, coming up, you know, or after these wonderful adverts, you'll be able to hear, you know, Ed Sheeran again. Yeah. So, Please don't go know. away is the message, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. you know, it's, it's, you know, there's always got to be a good tease. It's like flashing a little bit of thigh. I'm not sure I approve of that. And by the way, Aaron said that he'd sent his email from uh, his ZX Spectrum. Quite right. Quite right. I've got a funny feeling that's not true, but thank you. Um, That is actually it for this week's emails. Uh, We're looking forward very much to reading more next week. Well, I am. I don't think Ian will be here unless Benji decides to go on another flipping holiday. He's on holiday again. He just came back from Germany. What's wrong with the man? Oh, this is just a short family break. Oh, okay. All right. Oh, allowed then. Anyway, as always, the randomoid selectatron is gearing up at this very moment, preparing to offer you 25% discount on a randomly selected Big Finish release. And remember, we'll also be teasing you with the first 15 minutes of The Artist at the End of Time, the latest instalment from our epic 60th anniversary Doctor Who forecast audio once and future. But there's no need to mention that, Ian. You know, then we already know oh, that's I'm coming really up. Really sorry, yeah. So I just got a little note from Aaron to oh, tell you that. Sorry. Uh, uh, but first, um, we went behind the scenes with Doctor Who The Ark starring Tom Baker last week. This week, it's time to give you a little tease of it for those of you who haven't yet had a chance to listen. John Lucarotti. Part one. It's amazing, Doctor. Utterly absurd, of course, but amazing. I say, Brigadier, you really have to come in and see what the Doctor's... What the... Dickens, where are we? What's going on? Oh, don't ask me, Harry, I don't know. Where are we, Doctor? Exactly where I'd hoped we'd be, Sarah. In Noah's 
Ark! Noah's Ark? Sorry, did you just say Noah's Ark? As in, the animals went in two by two? But a spaceship rather than a ship. But this being the, uh, docking bay access chamber. But something's amiss. Ah, oh, the air is stale and it should not be. No? And if my calculations are correct, the buttercups should be growing. Ah, yes, the, uh, what? Noah's Ark, buttercups. Deuced if I understand one word. I'm sure the doctor will explain. More important things to do first. That's clearly a fault. I have to find it and sort it out. Open sesame! <coughs> Good grief. This place could do with a spring clean. Meteorite dust. The extraction system has failed. Meteorites? In here? I don't see any holes in the walls. Of course not. The outside of the Ark consists of several skins, with a ceiling compound in between. When a meteorite strikes, the damage to the outer layer is repaired before the meteorite penetrates the second layer, and so on. Like wearing several bulletproof vests? Several self-sealing bulletproof vests. That way, internal pressure is always maintained. Jolly good thinking, that. And then these meteorites all disintegrate into dust. Hmm, which should be removed automatically, and that's what's wrong, Harry. Dust can be very dangerous in delicate systems. Yes, but this isn't dust. If I didn't know better, I'd swear it was a golf ball. Ow! What's wrong? It's like picking up a handful of nettles. Harry, a word of advice. When travelling in time and space, if you don't know what something is, don't touch it. Yes, well, you tell me that now. Don't worry, you'll live, I expect. <laughs> Come on, the command deck is this way. Is this it? I don't think so, Harry. It's the cryogenic power center, whatever that is when it's at home. Thank heavens, the deep freeze is still working. Deep freeze? What do you think this arc is for? Well, according to the signs, cryogenics animal botanical and cryogenics humanoid. Would you like to see? The wall has a transparent setting. I say, it's like the cold store of an abattoir. Rows and rows of plastic bags. There must be hundreds of them. But I don't think those are animal carcasses. What's in those bags, Doctor? Oh, just the entire human race, Sarah. What? What did you say? The dust extraction system. I must get it functioning. Ah, here we are. The central command deck. Oh, my word. <coughs> like it's been snowing indoors dust <coughs> dust the dust of centuries everywhere it could be disastrous <coughs> dust of how long to be precise 8476 years 5 months and 19 days since my last visit and when i left this ark was spotless now look at the muck in here 
it'll take more than a handkerchief to sort this place out. I'll try the lights. Ah, oh, that's more like it. A proper flight deck. Just like in the movies. Doctor, I, I don't seem to be able to catch my breath. What? Breathe. I feel like I'm going to faint. Hold her, Harry. Right, oh. Must say, I'm finding it tough to breathe, too. What are you doing, Doctor? The oxygen system doesn't work either. Probably hasn't in ages. And we've used up what little air is left. Uh, uh, can't we just go back to the TARDIS? No, Harry. If we abandon the Ark now, the human race will die. Uh, human race... die? The emergency air flush. That would work as a temporary solution. But if I use it, the dust will be driven deeper into the working. Doctor, I can't... any more... I have no choice. I must do it myself. Activating air flux! How are you doing, old girl? Much better. But not so much of the old girl, or I'll bite your nose. Sorry. For a second there, I thought we were goners. Ah, we're all right for the moment, but everything will need to be overhauled. I say, all the dust's been blown away. Not away, into the station's infrastructure. I must repair the oxygenization system before anyone wakes up. Before who wakes up? You've been talking in riddles ever since we came to them. The Ark, as you call it. Oh, it could be just dust across the terminals causing a short circuit. In which case, the job should only take a jiffy. And what about... Oi! What about those buttercups that you said should be growing? Oh, of course, yes. Yes. I had so much to do, they completely slipped my mind. Let's take a look. A field of buttercups. Where is that? It looks like the home counties to me. Surrey? It's here, Harry. What? That field is here on board Noah's Ark. Which is perched on top of Mount Ararat, I suppose. That Noah's Ark was a few million years ago. This one orbits the Earth, waiting to take the human race back home. The human race? Those plastic bags we saw. What's left of it? The people on this ark are the remaining survivors of your indomitable species. Survivors? Doctor, the bodies in those bags were stone cold dead. I know a corpse when I see one. Oh, not dead, Harry, no. Merely sleeping, cryogenically preserved in suspended animation. You mean they're deep frozen? Being kept on ice, literally. How many are there? 316, including the Ark's crew. All races, colours and creeds. How long have they been asleep? 30,000 years, waiting for the Earth to recover. Recover? From what? What happened? Oh, man did it to himself, Harry. He polluted the Earth so that in the end, it was no longer capable of supporting life. So all these people decided to sit it out while it got better? 
and by the look of those buttercups, they'll soon be waking up in need of a normal supply of oxygen. But the sensor's clogged with dust. I'll need to take it apart to clean it. Will that take long? It's a delicate job. It'll take oh, as long as it takes. And remember, just go to bigfinish.com, type in the ARC into the search pane at the top to find that one. It's already out, so absolutely no excuse for you not to go there straight away and get it as a digital download first. In the meantime, it's... The Randomoid Selectrotron, where we randomly select a Big Finish release and offer you a 25% discount on it. Excellent. Right. Oh, I've not looked it up, am I? It's my job this time, because Benji needs it. it. Well, I've, I've, I have. Oh, have you got it? Yes, I okay, have. Well, the Randomoid Selectrotron. Would you like me to press the button? Press the button. And it is Unit Assembled. An epic new audio adventure. Oh, that's good. Mm. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, look, here's the trailer. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions. Unit assembled. Mr. Benton. Is it little Katie? Is that actually Captain Mike Yates? Mike Yates! Joe! What on earth brings you two here? Ready the transportation disc. Let us rise! Looks like they're coming to us. Those holes opening up on the tunnel floor. Get back, Captain! It's too late! I'll retune the Scion Cannon to Reptilia Sapiens. Scion Cannon? You're going with that? Brain Blaster's a bit too Josh. Elite warriors, we are under attack. Immediate interception is required. Sam! You swam in here? I may not get the biggest office. But I've still got all the swimming certificates. Well, you can ride back with us. Step into the escape chute. Now that sounds like fun! It's not. I did it during basic training and threw up in my helmet. Is this the best that 10 million years of evolution can achieve? Then our victory is assured. All right, Mr. Benton. Holding on, miss. Uh, uh, hello, we've got company. And this great Britain will be our homeland. Big finish. We love stories. Touching as this reunion is. If you've all quite finished your hellos, can we get on? Uh, looks like we're back in action. Yes, this was an incredible undertaking, uh, you know, which brought in... Do you remember it? I think I... Well, I do remember it coming out. I remember there being... I didn't have anything to do with that one. No. But um, it was... Yeah, it was... I think it's nice to bring all those characters who are fresh from TV into yeah. the audio world Kate as well. Stuart and Osgood. Yeah, and, and they then seem we, to yeah. yeah they seem to like they seem to have a ball whenever they're doing their recordings. I always look rather enviously and thinking, oh, they look like they're having a great time there, you know. So it's a shame actually that when we made this, because you know we had uh, Richard Franklin in as Mike Yates and John Levine as John Benton, um, and and obviously Joe Jones. It's a pity we didn't have. Um, John Colshaw doing the Brigadier at this point because it would have been great to have the Brigadier. Oh, the idea yeah. was it was old and new um, yeah. unit. Loads mm. of you, know, you can see there. You might also be interested in these titles: <gasps> Unit Extinction, Unit Nemesis One Between Two Worlds, Unit Encounters, Unit Cyber Reality. So much brilliant unit stuff. Yeah, uh, brilliant. But this is a cracker, absolute cracker to to have here. Um, so. 
While I emailed Jackie Emery, content manager at Big Finish, to inform her of our random selection so that she can set the offer live on the bigfinish.com website, Ian, is it possible that since last time you found out how to impart the know-how for listeners to get their 25% discount? Pop along to the Big Finish website. Oh, he's off, he's off. Look up Randomoid Selectron, because I've done this already. Yeah, but that's not uh, how to do it. No, it is, you do. You look up Randomoid Selectron and a little thing comes up and then you put buck up in and then you get your 25% discount. Is that not how you do it? Well, it's not how I do it. Okay. Well, you tell me how you do it and then I'll just repeat it. No, 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 it's fine. The way you've done it is... Hold on, I'm just sending the email to Jackie, so I'm just confusing myself. Here we go round the random let me, let me go to the big finish website. Well, you know, what we often suggest for people to do is you go to the big finish website, uh, you click podcasts at the top, and then you see the latest podcast, you click read more. And you see in the text below, it says, The Randomoid Selectron also features offering you a 25% reserve. Just click here and enter the code buck up. Oh, yeah. See, that's the way that, of doing it. Yeah, okay. That's that's a slightly easier way Is than it? I no, would. I don't know. Just type well, Randomoid Selectron yeah, in. Yeah, because I go, uh, well, I go on to Google and I put Randomoid Selectron offers, big finish comes up. And yeah. I go straight there and I put buck up in and there it is. Yeah, well, fair dues, fair dues. Also, the important thing about buck up is, do you, would you like to say? <laughs> Capital letters. Yeah. No spaces. Uh, no. Type it in. Bang. Right. There we are. There we are. Do we Good. get there in the end? Nice one, Ran. Uh, now, next week's podcast, uh, which is released on Sunday the 18th of June, is called Angels and Demons. Uh, it's about... Uh, the false doctor release called a- angels and demons i nearly said amon and demons sorry uh, i don't know who i'm referring to uh, so we'll be chatting about the false doctor if i could say it uh, the good review guide as previously mentioned sorry aaron uh, is uh, the second doctor companion chronicles and thunderbirds operation asteroids we go behind the scenes with the fourth fourth doctor i can't say fourth i keep wanting to say phil for phil the filth doctor you've got uh, I think you've got Cluzo's disease yes I don't know what you mean is that a burn (laughs) Uh, the fourth doctor story the wizard of time which is absolutely cracking stuff really good Um, and it's by Roy Gill by the way he's a brilliant writer that which is out on the 21st of June that fourth doctor release and we'll also be looking behind the scenes with Stone Cold by Roland Moore which is really super duper and some particularly marvellous post-production done on that not not mm-hmm. you sorry but oh, uh, yeah okay but uh, so, it was great stuff okay uh, and um, Benji as well should be back next week I'm sure there'll be some people who'll be applauding that fact but uh, he'll also you, be back are you sad to go again I am yeah uh, I mean we, it's always nice it's always nice to be here this is like one of the most pleasant things that I do oh you know that's nice, going back it? into the pits in a minute. So. <laughs> I do look forward to my Fridays for the podcast, no matter who my co-host is, but it's always lovely to chat to you, Ian. Thank uh, you. you. know, I'm sure that if you lived closer to me, we'd see a lot more of each other, but you live at the other end of the British Isles, so it's I not, do. It's not yeah. very I mean, convenient, is it? Yeah. Uh, literally, if I say where I live, people look at me as if I'm saying, and I'm just going to go onto a rocket and fly to the moon. <laughs> yeah, it's a long way up. You'd, just, you'd get there quicker on a rocket, I think. Um, <laughs> will you please come back sometime? 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, if you'll have me and uh, and, and people and people feel that it would be appropriate for me to be back. Well, we hope that at some point, if I get a holiday, that you can come back and be me instead. That will be interesting. It'll be, uh, yeah, no, I'd, <laughs> I'd love that. We don't I have, have to, to be me, obviously. I was going to say, I to death. I will practice my klaxon. Yeah, that's the main qualification. Yeah. Okay, if you can do a klaxon, you're in. Fab. Well, as time draws to a close, it only remains for me to say this edition of the Big Finish podcast was presented by me, Ian Meadows, and him, Nick Briggs. Nick also wrote, produced, and edited it. And of course, Ian and I did this for, for the, the love, love of stories. stories. That'll never edit again. And finally, on the Big Finish podcast, Doctor Who, Once and Future, The Artist at the End of Time by James Goss. Thank you for visiting the final gallery. As the universe dies, so does art. Well, uh, are you sticking with that tone? Gathered in this gallery are the final artworks produced by the worlds now sadly silenced by time. Oh, you are sticking with that tone. For every planet, every civilization, there is one last piece of art. What are you looking for? I... Well, actually, I came here to find myself. A lot of people do, seeking the bittersweet solace that comes from knowing that, as creation dies, creation continues. See, this painting of Septula V. Ah, but... This uh, statue from Pompopo. Very nice, but it's not quite what I meant. Or the last water carrier from Galve. Ah. All utterly. Remarkable. So, yes, this tone, I think it's earned. Ah, you're sentient. I am. I spend my time surrounded by the death of worlds. I am glad I, at least, can appreciate it. Yes, um, you wouldn't happen to have any Time Lord DNA in this gallery, would you? Checking. Oh, Checking. Wait. Yes. No. Pity. My ship seemed to think I'd find an answer here. Uh, still, art is what gives us the answers to life and so on. Quite. Some civilizations leave behind paintings of bittersweet beauty, others, songs of haunted despair. Not all worlds die screaming. Some walk into sleep well on the upside this universe is dying yes but not for a while yet these artworks confront us with a choice we will all have to make how will you face your death
go to the ends of the universe. Only there can we find stability. The wonderful calm before creation's final storm. Where can a Time Lord find peace? I've always thought it would be where there's no time left. No, I was, after all, once known as the traveler from beyond time, was I not? Hmm? Is this a medical emergency? No, it's not. I suppose that's why the TARDIS brought me here. At the end of time, I'm rather more stable, or only falling apart as much as everything else. But if I can't resolve it, then I'll collapse, screaming into a degenerational smoothie. Oh, still, not your problem. And currently feeling a, a bit more myself, which... ever self, that is. Sorry, I'm babbling. Yes. Civilizations die hoping the best of them is remembered. People die hoping they will linger in the memory of friends. But the final gallery reminds us that everything comes to nothing. That's depressing. I see I have moved you. If you'd like your own souvenir of how sad you feel, perhaps you'd like to buy one of these pieces. That painting there, a, a, a huge glittering diamond hanging in the stars. You have taste. That is one of our more expensive pieces. It, it stirs a memory. Ooh, and at that price, you'd hope it would. A diamond among the stars, but there are details. I feel I know that place. Is there someone inside? Who is that? This is our first class gallery. Perhaps you'll find something more to your budget in the sale rooms. Can I help you? Can you? Feel free to look around the final gallery's sale rooms. Be aware, madam, that these pieces attract a lot of attention. These prices? Who can afford this? Hmm. Perhaps madam would care to visit the gift shop for our most affordable relics. Is that a knowledge tree of Centrius? Huh, the last one. From Gandino's Sulphur Bar. The last drink mixed by Gandino himself as the warlords of Sentia closed in. Hmm, he's overdone the celery salt. Always overdoes the celery salt. Uh, what about this? It's a flag. A Sontaran flag. Their final flag is up for auction. The Rutans will drive the price wild. Sheer spite, but profit. Their war is over. Who won? No one knows or cares. You could ask them, I suppose. No one else has. This is all so sad. Ah, uh, we provenances pride ourselves on melancholia. The final, most expensive emotion. It's sad. Sad and wrong. Perhaps you're more the gift shop type. No. What's this marble? That. It's the last sphere from the moon of Langham. Now, that is beautiful. Mm, it may be the work of the wanderer. Who's that? Such a gift shop question. Too kind. The identity of the wanderer is a secret among connoisseurs. A mystery. One that will be preserved until the universe's dying breath. 
Nah. I think I'm going to solve it. I feel like I'm missing something. The sail room? In a moment. It's just that this painting here and that statue there... Statues? Who still stand after the fall of worlds? That was found spinning in the ruins of Bardak. Yes, but this painting and that statue and that bowl... Each piece a perfect summary of the worlds they came from. Would you like to buy one? No. I have a theory. Something's wrong. And unless a vast amount of Time Lord DNA walks through the door, I think I've got all I can from here. And thank you. Thank you for visiting the final gallery. As the universe dies, so does art. You, show me stuff. Oh, will there be anything else? No. Perhaps then you'd care to buy something? Not at these prices. Besides, oh. I think I've seen everything. Yeah, everything in the final gallery sale room. Was there anything particular you were looking for? I'll know it when I see it. No back rooms or storehouses? No. You have seen every single final artwork we hold. None in private hands. Well... Aha. I'm not waiting for you, Tomkins! I'm running 5k every day, boss. Yeah, yeah. Excuse me. Oh. Have you just robbed this bank? <laughs> Papa, yeah? Uh, no. I just wondered if I could have a, a peep in that sack. This sack? Yes. I mean, I presume it contains the contents of the strong room. Hard to tell. Uh, have you considered writing swag on it? It would help. I've not got time for this. Oh, what is that damn getaway car? Specifically, have you been in deposit box 573? Tom Keynes! Oh. Oh, never mind. Your getaway car. Could I grab a lift? No! And here come the cops. You're cutting it tight. You need a distraction. You're right. <laughs> this broke here! He's the robber! Me? Grab him! Stop! Wait! You! Enter! Oh, dear. That was close. Oh, poor Rube. <laughs> oh, look at this. What a beauty. With a bit of luck, we can feed ourselves for years. D hey, you're not my getaway driver. Nope. I'm wondering, can we have a chat about that final artifact you've just stolen? How about I go up to 3,000 and throw in a whole bag of licorice all sorts and uh, the last cricket ball in existence? Yeah, then I'd say the last goblet of the mead giants is yours. <laughs> bag? No, I'll take it as it is. The day! Excuse me. Yes, pardon me. Coming through. Excuse me. Hello. Yes, ma'am. How can I help you? Wait, who was that? Miss? Oh, never mind. I, I, I thought... But they've gone. Anyway, um, do you have any final artworks? Ah, a 
Yes. I will pay loads. 20,000. 20,000? Oh, I've just sold my only one. And more than anything, the Braxiatel collection has endured. In this room, we have... Your final artworks? A... <laughs> what an indelicate term. Uh, but yes, in this room we do have some ultimatata from various worlds. A highly select and very valuable collection. Lovely. Indeed, over here we have a particularly fine... Uh, sir, uh, it appears we have a visitor already. Uh, sir? Of course, I'm sorry. Oh. Oh. As you can see... The creeping dust bowl of Zentios holds the remains of the last Pugella tree. I know you. I know you. Uh, uh, the final remains. Yes, yes, yes. Of last Pugella tree. Yes. Are you all right? Yes. How remarkable. Many people find the creeping dust bowl remarkable. Not you, her. Oh, thank you. The creeping dust bowl. Oh, that, uh, if we must. Yes. Lovely finials grown rather than carved. Well, yes, it would look like that, to the untrained eye, but they'd be missing out on the pattern when seen from above. Which obviously oh. I hadn't. First thing I noticed. The dust bowl. Many have speculated on its significance. Is it the seal of Rassilon? Well, that's a very simplistic reading. Almost the artist's signature. Good spot. Thank you. And not almost the artist's signature. Definitely the artist's signature. The artist is unknown. Only because you've never bothered looking. Because, and here's oh. the thing, that symbol can also be seen... Painted in the sky behind the resting king of Centriel. Carved into the last crystal of Metabilis. Held in the hands of the statue of the final Mornoid. Carved into the only remaining tree of the Endless Forest. The Endless Forest? Oh, I missed that one. Careless. And it's a hidden frame in the light sculpture of Triptos. Is it? Oh. Mm, tut. This is mere speculation. It's a wild speculation. Mm, my favourite kind. It's also the closing note of... The unfinished symphony of Gadarene. Oh, you spotted that too? Mm. Can you please let me talk about the creeping dust bowl? Why? OK, I tell you what, I will give you 30,000 for it. I beg your pardon. Fine. 40. Have you robbed a bank? The creeping dust bowl is not for sale. I'm going to have to ask you to leave. Fine. It's just an old bowl. I'm not sure I need it now. Guards! He's calling for the guards. And that means we're on to something. I'm so pleased. You two, stay where you are. And break a habit of a lifetime. Excuse me. Oh, don't apologise. Two conclusions. Both surprising. Please. Firstly, we... a lot of these final artworks are by the same person. Which is impossible. Secondly, this is the strangest art fraud in the universe. <laughs> Guards! They were very angry with us. I think we're banned from the Braxiatel collection. Well... Perhaps we shouldn't have said they've a room full of fakes. Yeah, that's saying the quiet bit out loud. That's why. Fire. Oh, oh they're shot at. Rude. Normally a good sign around this corner. After all this time, robots still can't shoot straight. Always meant to do something about that. Oh, please don't. What are you doing at this end of time? I bounced off a time war. You? I came looking for you. Really? Well, sort of. Eventually, I got distracted. Final artworks. Final artworks. Mm. I can't believe you offered 50,000 for a bowl. That's throwing money around, young lady. I dread to think of the setting on the thermostat of your spaceship. And sometimes, I can't believe you're my dad. I can't believe you're my daughter. Big finish. 
for the love of stories.